PFG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed insurance agents. The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer, and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years, and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens, with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning Redefined, and it starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the podcast. This is Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick from PFG Private Wealth. We're going to chat today about some things that don't matter well, until they do. And I've got some pretty good examples of that. So we're going to get into that in just a second. But uh, I don't know, Nick, I feel like I should pick on you a little bit. Things that don't matter till they do. Is that the Buffalo Bills again this year or what? <laughs> oh, those are fighting words. Uh, it's a good thing we're in a different state. Now, I'm not. What's your football team? I just had to pick on you because of the whole because okay. the whole Tom Brady thing. I was going to talk to you about talk to you about it. So you just couldn't get away from this guy. Right. He was, uh, he was yeah. picking your butt in New England. Then he comes down to where you in your backyard. Yeah, and still knocks your team out. I actually, fell for you this this past playoff. So yeah, it's all good. Uh, it, we've got a real quarterback now, so I'm I'm okay with it. It's, yeah, uh, I'm not a complete. Oh uh, uh, my! No, my team is total garbage. So you can you can pick okay. on me all day long. So it's no it's no worries. My team hasn't won. My team is the laughing stock of the NFL pretty much on a regular basis. So I are you Panthers fan? That, that's close. You think I would be because I'm same thing with you guys. I'm you know I'm next to the Panthers, so you think I would be. But no, I'm a Cowboys fan. Yeah, oh, it's well. the worst. <laughs> uh, trust me, it's not the worst. <laughs> we, we get we get a lot of stuff. We get a lot of flack for Cowboys fans. That's for sure. Yeah, but but uh, it's not the worst. Oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. John, what about you? But what do you do? You pull for anybody? The Patriots. Oh my god! Wait, what? You two? Oh my gosh! You two must have really gone <laughs> yeah, back and I'm forth. From the uh, yeah, I grew up in you know right outside. Oh, of that's Boston, right. I remember so, that um, now. Yeah. So you guys have had some fun times over the last few years, haven't you? Uh, John Nick, used Nick, to ask me to watch games, and yeah, I told him, "Yeah, I couldn't be around. <laughs> I used to not be around. Uh, I couldn't be around people in public uh, watching the game. But now that they're a little bit better, uh, they I had a great like year I, last I year. They really did. It. So, yeah, yeah, they yeah. made playoffs three out of the last four years. Yeah, they did. They definitely on the run. So I just had to give you a little bit of a hard time, but That's all right. but it's all Remember. good. It's all good. Yep. So listen, things that don't matter until they do. So, so here's some real examples, like a fire extinguisher. Right? Who thinks about a fire extinguisher until you need one? You know, or the airbags in your car, or smoke alarms in your house. All these things we just don't pay any attention to until we actually really need one. And then we're awfully glad that they're there. So I got a couple of these financially speaking, fellas. So talk to us about the importance of why these things, you know, can be kind of out of sight and out of mind. But man, we really need to have there are those ducks in a row. And let's just start with an easy one. Legal documents, right? Won't matter until they do. But when you need it, man, you're going to be glad you've got it in place and, and right. 
Yeah, this is a, a great example of that. And, um, you know, where, where when you're living in this happens is, you know, you have some type of health event. And I just, you know, had a, re, a family member who just got in an accident. And, um, you know, it's healthcare surrogate had to step up and, and make some decisions and, and help them out during that process. So that's something that you really need to consider um, doing, you know, some of these things, meeting with an attorney that's, you know, qualified to, to do this stuff to make sure that your your ducks are in a row. And um, the unfortunate one where it's too late is if you pass away and then now your beneficiaries are dealing with whatever estate, whether it's trust, wills, uh, documents that you did or didn't do. And I'll tell you um, from you know, Nick and I have helped a lot of clients kind of navigate that. If it's not done correctly, it can be a nightmare for your beneficiaries um, just to figure out where everything is and, and who's responsible. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things that's easily avoidable, right, Nick? I mean, this is not that hard to fix. This is of the low-hanging fruit that can be out there. You can do this stuff pretty easy, especially things like beneficiary designation, updating those, so on and so forth. I mean, wills and trusts, they can, sure, they can be a little more complicated, but even that, it's not that complex. You just got to get with uh, an advisor and an attorney. Yeah. Well, what we've seen is that oftentimes um, people don't personally know uh, like an attorney or somebody in this space that can help them. Or if they do, you know, they're private and they don't necessarily want to, you know, want them to know everything about them. Mm -hmm. Or we'll see people that um, just, it makes them extremely uncomfortable to talk about death, dying and or being sick, you know? And so it's a classic avoidance behavior. And, you know, like we had talked about previously, time flies and all of a sudden it's five or 10 years later. And, you know, your mom and dad that you had listed as the beneficiaries are no longer alive. And, right. you know, kids are grown up or you had another child that's not listed anywhere, or, you know, maybe you got divorced or remarried and, you know, all these things happen. And if the documents aren't in place or they're lagging uh, and inaccurate, it can turn into quite a quagmire for, you know, if something happens. And, yeah. and I, I'll say this too, is Oftentimes, when people think of the legal documents, they think of death and not necessarily what John referred to as far as like healthcare proxy and uh, power of attorney, those sorts of things where there's a health event and you're still alive, but you know, you need help making decisions and that can, that can really get yeah. um, pretty squirrely. No, I agree with you. And I think the other one we hear sometimes too is, well, it's, you know, it's for rich people, right? A trust is for rich people or yeah. so on and so forth. And it's like, okay, that's, that's, but that's not really the case. And it's really not as expensive to get some of this stuff taken care of as we often think it is. I think we build it up in our mind or, or whatever. We just kind of have this, oh, it's, you know, that's for rich folks or it costs too much money. So I'm just going to avoid it. Pretty easy, yeah. to, pretty easy to handle this stuff. So yeah, I would say that's accurate as well as, and we've talked about the run-up in the markets over the last five or 10 years, there's a lot of people that, you know, seven, eight years ago, you know, they maybe had a third of the money that they have now. And so they still kind of are in the same train of thought and, mm, or yeah. the same thought process. And they don't realize like, you know, maybe what they perceive, you know, th they still think of themselves in that same way as they did, you know, eight to 10 years or even 15 years ago. And there's a little bit of disbelief. And so it kind of leads into, you know, kind of procrastinating and, and, you know, you almost have to kind of take stock and realize like, okay, hey, you know, this is something I really need to get yeah, done. Exactly. Well, that's hopefully what we try to provide here on the podcast is those little useful nuggets of information that might spark that conversation. And, and speaking of which, John, uh, you know, life insurance, not something that you're really popping up at the dinner table saying, hey, let's have a rousing conversation about life insurance, right? It doesn't kind of go that way. But again, it's one of those things that don't seem to matter until you need it. And 
you know, it can be quite important and quite useful tool. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I'll say this is probably one of the uh, most disliked conversations for people is is you know look, talking about life insurance and and you know what happens after after if they were to pass away or or a spouse or or whoever. Right. You know, especially with uh, with children because you know when you have kids and you know I have two daughters. You know, one of the big things you look at is you're, you know, I'm, you know, I'll use myself as a scenario. I'm gone. So there's my income gone for the next 20, 30 years. So you really want to look at it from that standpoint. Uh, when you're talking about needs, needs planning for life insurance is I'm no longer here. My income's no, no longer providing for my family. How do I replace that? And, and really life insurance is a great vehicle to go ahead and, and replace someone's income for, uh, a 20, 30 year period. There's ways to back into what amounts are correct, but um, definitely something you need to look at when you're doing a plan. And, um, you know, going into retirement can be the same way, depending. And, and Nick mentioned it, uh, you know, on the, on the last session where everyone's situation is different. But we've had scenarios where, you know, there may be still is a need for life insurance in retirement because maybe one person has a heavy pension. And if that person passes away, that pension now goes is gone. And, and maybe that's a big requirement for right, uh, yeah. the plan to work. So everyone's situation is different. It's definitely something that needs to be considered. Um, you just want to take a look at it, see what, what would happen if someone did pass away and, and there wasn't any life insurance. I'll say a lot of these things that we're going to go over too. It's I think it's easy to address. Um, there's definitely people that can help you out, and it's just a matter of getting it done. And once it's done, it it just kind of provides a nice peace of mind that um, it's just you know it's kind of like a band aid. Just do it, rip yeah. it off. There you, go. there you go. Exactly. I think life insurance too. I can, I will be honest. I can never. It's a very important tool, even for retirees. There's a lot of ways it can be used. It's not our daddy's Oldsmobile like those old commercials. There's just so many different nuances now to life insurance where it could be a useful tool for various t- uh, times of life. But I can't help but thinking of Ned Ryerson in the Groundhog Day movie when he comes up on Bill Murray, that, that insurance <laughs> guy. I think that's what a lot of times people think of when they think life insurance or life insurance agent. And it's, you know, it's just changed so much. So, but it is a great movie. Lifetime income streams. You know, we're not, we kind of talk about this fairly often, but I mean, look, it says one of those things you kind of, maybe you don't think about. You think, well, I've got these accounts, right? I got all this stuff. Uh, how do I turn it into money? Because I do need money all through my retirement. I need a paycheck coming in. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we'll say is that in retirement, income is king. Assets are great and assets, you know, are the thing that people love to talk about and kind of chat about, but income is king. So, and, and I'll say too, that, you know, everybody knows about social security. They realize like, you know, in theory, it's important, that sort of thing. But many people, and this is something that we'll kind of review, review with people often is that they don't quite realize like, well, Hey, you know, if, your household is getting $60,000 a year in income from social security, which these days, a lot of people are, you know, that is really equivalent to, you know, between one and $2 million of, of nest egg assets from the standpoint of generating a, a safe income, having it last your lifetime and getting inflationary raises. So, you know, building a portfolio or an overall strategy where, you know, one of the, uh, we've got a, quite a few clients that they have rental properties, you know, that rental income, you know, they, they purchased the properties a little bit when they're younger, you know, they get the house or the, the property paid off and the rental income uh, supplements their income or retirement. John referred to pensions, you know, that can be a big deal. Annuities can provide uh, guaranteed income as well. So trying to balance uh, forms of guaranteed income with assets can be really important. And just a little like caveat to throw in there. Although income is king, it is important to have assets. So the reason I say that is we have had some 
you know, clients come to us that have been, whether it's, you know, between social security and pension, they've been income rich and asset poor, and that can also lead to other issues as well. So a, a good balance is, is really just like so many other things is, is really the most important part. Well, balance is key. Definitely balance is key to anything. And we all know we got to have these different forms of, or we have to have some income coming in in retirement, but having the multiple streams and turning things on at different times and whether you want to call it bucket strategies or laddering or whatever the case is, but just having these different various forms to be able to pull from at different times is going to make, you know, obviously all the difference in keeping up with our retirement because nobody wants to go backwards in their lifestyle in retirement. They want to kind of continue on the way they have been or maybe even more so in retirement. So that's uh, that's some things that, yeah. oh, go ahead. And, and let me jump in on that too. Um, that point that you made about not going backwards or maintaining mm-hmm. is important because there are times and I've had this happen a couple of times when it comes to retirement and income and retirement. And when it comes to life insurance, you know, two of the topics that we talked about in people's minds, they have an enormous amount of confidence that all of the sudden they no longer need any of the things that they've wanted and bought for the last 25 or 30 years. <laughs> um, oh, you know, it's you. like, yeah. yeah, all of a sudden they flip the switch and you know, it's going to be the cheaper food, the cheaper restaurants, the cheaper car. I've got plenty of clothes. I don't need to buy any new clothes. And and in reality, you know, people don't live like that. And so um, that's an important. That's in reality. It's it's typically the reverse. They have more time on their hands to go buy things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My dad always said every day was a Saturday when he got to retirement and he spends the most money on a Saturday. So yeah, most people live in a state of want versus need. And, uh, and it's often, you know, it, that's a pretty common thing. So yeah. anyhow, that always stuck with me. No, that's, that's a great point. So, well, I'll tell you what, that's, that's some things that don't matter until they do. So again, you know, whether it's legal documents, pretty easy fix, life insurance, certainly worthwhile conversation to have no matter what stage of life you're in and making sure definitely that you've got those income streams set up for life. Uh, some key topics there that we talked about this week. And we're going to take some email questions and wrap up because we uh, want to get back to a couple of these here. We haven't done these lately. And of course, anytime you submit a question, you're going to get your question answered. But to just talk about someone here on the show, uh, we kind of do those from time to time. If you'd like to drop a line, go to pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com or call 813-286-7776 if you've got some questions for your own situation that you need to get answered. And the guys will certainly tackle those for you. But for right now, let's see what we got from Linda, who had sent an email question in, guys. She says, uh, fellas, my daughter just turned 18, and I'd like to help her get off onto the right foot with some retirement savings. What's a good idea for something to get her started with? Yeah, I'll take this one. So, you know, we've had this come up quite a bit with some of our clients and, and their kids when they turn 18. They want to just get them, you know, used to investing or just understanding it, which which we think is very important. Sure. Uh, some of the things we've done, um, it just depends if, if the the child is working, uh, we might do like a Roth IRA um, where we'll go ahead and just open up a Roth retirement account. It's, it's a great vehicle for, for kids because they can tax free money in retirement. They could use it for a first time home purchase, et cetera, et cetera. So we've done that. Uh, we just got to make sure that they're working because you need earned income to contribute to a Roth. Um, if they're not working, there's definitely some kind of joint accounts you can set up. But it's definitely a good thing to do because I'll tell you, um, We've done that for some clients and, and we've had those kids become clients early, right when they graduate college, and they're pretty aggressive in saving. I have one where, you know, as soon as he's graduated, he got in touch with me and then just started aggressively saving in his his early twenties, which nice. is very uncommon. And, you know, now he's 
you know, early thirties and he has a pretty sizable nest egg. And um, now he's got kids and all this stuff and he can't save as much because I have as much discretionary income, but you know, it really set the foundation for him to really you know, start saving for retirement, understanding how important that is. No, I think that's awesome that you having some people do that, uh, especially at a younger age. And so kudos uh, to her for or getting started, getting her daughter started off on the right foot. And for people that just in generally, you know, kind of have that interest. Um, I had a, you know, a young kid that I knew for a couple of years ago that used to work for me. Same thing. He was very early on. He was very into uh, saving money for him, his future self, which is fantastic. I think because his parents hadn't done a very good job. And so, you know, sometimes we see that mental shift, right, where you see your parents do something and you want to do the opposite and so on and so forth. And in this case, that was a good thing. So very cool question. Thanks so much for submitting that. Hopefully that helps you out a little bit uh, and uh, keep listening to the podcast. We certainly appreciate it. And let's do one more guys before we wrap up here, this go around. And we've got one from Patty and she's, uh, you guys got to put on your, uh, your counselor hats here. Patty says, my husband and I argue almost every day about money because we haven't done a very good job planning for our retirement and it stresses us both out. Is this a normal thing between spouses or do we need some serious help? So I'll, I'll jump in on this one. So, so there's a couple of things here. So the first thing is that this points out specifically the importance of a plan. And what, what we mean by that is that when there's not a clear picture of what people actually have, what their life actually looks at, when there's an, a high amount of, of uncertainty on like the future, that's when there's often anxiety and bickering, arguing, those sorts of things uh, when it comes to money. And so step number one is take an inventory, build a plan. So once that's done, if it is truly terrible, then you can fight. Uh, <laughs> but at least, you know, let's figure out what's there. But all joking aside, so then the next step is to, to kind of, you know, come to grips with the fact that, hey, we are where we are today. Uh, there's nothing that we can do about it. If we can focus on the future and start making decisions that are positive and, and make maybe make some changes that'll be helpful, then that's great. Um, you know, from our perspective as advisors, one of, of our kind of golden rules, and we oftentimes tell clients this, is that, you know, we can't care more about your money and your situation than you do. So ultimately, it has to start at home. And then they have to be willing to take guidance and advice and make changes. And then really what we found is that, you know, in 12 to 24 months, the momentum can be significant, you know, in a positive way and things can really swing, you know, strongly. And once that happens, it becomes kind of addicting. You know, it's kind of like when you're, you know, when you're in your early twenties, you know, for most people, maybe they're just starting out at the first job and, you know, the first time you start to hit a few thousand dollars in your account that stays in your account, you know, maybe, maybe 5,000 is your threshold. And you're like, Wow, you know this is great. I've never had this this amount of money in here before. And then maybe down the road, it you know you hit ten, and and as you get older, that number changes. And what's interesting is that it also becomes you know more stressful, and you kind of get this hoarding mentality where once you hit these certain thresholds, you know fifty thousand, a hundred thousand in your savings account. Once you get there and you realize the the comfort and the peace of mind that it provides. Uh, you never want to go back. And so we like people to kind of get that, you know, the taste of that so that they can understand that. And then usually it's, you know, all uh, full speed ahead. 
Yeah, no, that's a great way of looking at it. My daughter, you know, she's still pretty young, but it's, it's definitely she kind of got that. She was constantly just spending her check and spending all her money when she wasn't making too much. And then when she got uh, started getting a decent check in from the Navy and she got a couple of bonuses and she put it in there and she watched her account grow, she was like, wow, this is. And so now she's gotten like bitten by this bug to kind of like see what she can get the number to do. She'll message me every so oh, yeah. often. The number's this now and the number's yeah. that now, you know, and. And so I'm like, hey, cool. You're 24 years old. You got a long time for that to, uh, to that for that to grow and compound. So yeah, it definitely can be addicting. And of course, if you're closer to retirement, and obviously that sounds like that's the case for this question, I think that's a great piece of advice. Find out what you got. Get an assessment. Get a plan put together. Look at it, and then see. You guys might be fighting over nothing too. So think about that. Yeah. You guys could possibly be in much better shape than you even realize. And therefore, you're fighting for not. So reach out and have the uh, conversation with the guys. Just give them a jingle and call them at 813-286-7776 or stop by the website pfgprivatewealth.com. And that's going to do it this week for the podcast. Again, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, whatever platform you like to use. You can find it all at the website pfgprivatewealth.com. For John and Nick, I'm Mark. We'll see you next time here on Retirement Planning Redefined. Go Bills. 